0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are a new listener to this podcast, you're very welcome to this um, series. My name is Dr. Kira Kelly. I'm a medical doctor specializing in public health medicine, and I run the blog, The Irish Balance, um, at The Irish Balance on Instagram. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you so much for coming back time and time again for these episodes As many of you might know, the podcast recently restarted, and I think it's really important to use this audio content to bring a bit of connection to us all in such uncertain times when we're all being told to stay apart. And today's uh, podcast topic is, I think, something that we're all struggling with a little bit at the moment, and it's mental health. And I'm joined today by um, a guest who's been on the podcast before, twice actually, so this is the third time. Welcome, Joe. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay here. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you. Um, Hopefully our listeners um, are already following you. Joe is Joe O'Brien, so he's at Head First Zero on Instagram. And Joe is a trainee health psychologist, educator, researcher, writer. And from what I can tell of your Instagram, Joe, a fan of jumping into puddles as well. Would that be fair to say?
1: that'd be absolutely fair to say Yep. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> for those of you who have no context that probably seemed absolutely bizarre <laughs> yeah
0: if you give joe a follow you'll see his story the odd time when it's raining he likes to jump into puddles <laughs> joe could you tell um could you tell our listeners a little bit about you in case they haven't already um i seen you on instagram or met you before
1: Yeah, so like I said, I'm a trainee health psychologist. Um, I'm doing my doctorate at the moment over in Liverpool, um, focusing mainly on behaviour change and how mental health and physical health interact. So that's kind of what health psychology is. And Mm -hmm. I also do the Instagram stuff at Head First Zero. Um, I do my own podcast, which is called the Head First Podcast. And yeah, that's basically it, I think.
0: It's enough to keep you busy, I'd say, is it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It keeps me very, very busy, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and thanks so much for coming on, Joe. I think that, as I said, many of us are struggling with our mental health in this, in this very uncertain and unprecedented time. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get you on and speak uh, uh, to a few different um, aspects of how this might be affecting our mental health. I think I'll start by saying, I suppose, the majority of people listening would agree. I'm sure that our lives have literally been turned upside down and inside out, uh, particularly in Ireland in the past few weeks. It's really hit home. And I think we're all finding it hard to get our heads around all of the change, because it seems like change is happening every single day, let alone week to week. Um, And I'd love to know what do you think is the biggest challenge to our mental health with all of this change at the minute?
1: Yeah, it's difficult because there's a lot of big challenges. So I'm sure um, I I guess it's hard to say that one is bigger than the other. I think it's person dependent. Mm. I'd say for lots of people. For example, being isolated is their biggest struggle, you know, missing that connection with others. For other people, it might be the kind of financial um, difficulties that might be related to a job, for example. For others, it could just be the distress or the anxiety of the news and kind of the magnitude of, of the issue. And I think yeah. one, of the big, um, one of the big things that's distressing for people, um, which I've seen through my Instagram, doing a bit of a and a on, on the COVID-19 situation, is the distress on behalf of others so maybe kind of higher risk people that you know about or you know healthcare workers or you might live with people who are healthcare workers that kind of thing but I think what all of them kind of have in common is that they're all underpinned by this kind of uncertainty and I think that um, anyone regardless of what their particular difficulty is right now needs security and control and unfortunately that's kind of lacking right now so Mm -hmm for example, we don't know how long it's going to last and we can't really tell the future. We don't know what the future holds. And that's absolutely going to impact our mental health because human beings need security. You know, people need security. They need that sense of of somewhat of, of control. It's one of our basic needs, you know. Mm. So regardless mm. if you find isolation difficult or the financial side difficult, you know, whatever it looks like for you, um, we well, kind of need that security and that, that feeling of, of security. And of course, you know, there are numerous things that are going to significantly impact everybody. Like I said, the kind of financial struggles and finance mm. plays, plays a big role in mental health, social connection, hugely important to mental health. Um, mm. And then the level of distress and anxiety of the situation is, is important just by itself. So there's lots to consider, but I think mm. they're all underpinned kind of by that insecurity thing, that kind of lack of, um, you know, lack of a kind of foundation. And that's kind of what we need, that kind of security.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. That's I think the uncertainty is probably just on a personal level what I'm finding the hardest to struggle with. I know the Department of Health did, they're doing some market research and um, just did a survey last week and they were speaking about it on their daily update. And the majority of people, it wasn't so much concern they expressed for themselves, it was concern for others and for loved ones and that their loved ones who, let's say, might be a bit older or have medical conditions or be in at-risk groups, that they might be affected by COVID-19. And I think that... It really, like as you say, it, it speaks that idea of distress on behalf of others. I think that that really stands out.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely the probably the most prominent one that I got when I did the the question and answer se- session on my own page. Is that people were saying I'm worried about you know this person in my life or that person in my life. What can I do? And I think that was yeah that definitely hit home.
0: Yeah. And I would say that, as I said, I'd say this, this is something that's affected me definitely on a personal level. But um, as many people listening might know, I'm someone who loves to have a plan. And I think a lot of people are struggling at the moment because uh, I suppose their routine has just been completely upended. And a lot of people are working from home. Some people aren't working at all, which is obviously uh, even more difficult to to get our heads around. Um, And I think a lot of everyone's plans, whether that be, you know, um, job plans or holiday plans or just you know even fun plans have gone out the window since the pandemic has taken hold across the world but particularly in light of recent measures introduced in Ireland as recently as um, Friday night Um now uh, and I say Friday the 27th of March because we're recording this a couple of days after and none of us I suppose with that uncertainty in mind can really predict how this is all going to pan out so what do you think would be some ways we can look after our mental well-being with all of that in mind? Well I think
1: when you go back to even just What you said about the plan um Mm. i think that the kind of the planning thing the plans kind of tie into the uncertainty and the lack of security because you know when we for example when we have jobs we have this kind of structure to our day we have that kind of purpose and meaning we meet other people they have their roles and there's there's just a structure to it that we don't really consider until it's gone Mm. because now we're in a situation where our plans are essentially in the bin and yeah we've had to manage, we've, yeah yeah and and we 've had to manage that insecurity and that lack of structure as best as we can, so I think just in relation to that, mm. it might be worth for for those people putting a structure to your day, and it 's a kind of it 's a method of regaining a kind of sense of control when there are so many things right now that are out of our control, and like I said, mm. we need that kind of sense of we 're doing something um the kind of sense of security, and that security comes with a little bit of control, so planning your day. Um, it might seem like a really stupid thing to do to, uh, for people because they've probably never planned their day. And um, you think, oh, well, writing down a, a plan, thats how would that help? Mm-hmm. But that's because your days are already loosely structured for you when you live in a normal society. You start work at a certain time. You eat your lunch at a certain time. You finish. You go home at a certain time. You go to bed at a certain time at the time that means that you're going to be able to get up the next day and do it again. So we have a structure to our day without formally structuring it. Yeah. So by kind of doing our best to recreate that, that might be um, a step in the right direction. So mm. I guess this structure kind of always presents for people when they have a regular job or regular routine, and that's been thrown out the window. So getting mm-hmm. a loose structure down can be helpful. Um, make sure, what I would say is is make sure to pencil in some time for movement and some time for meaning. And what I mean is that do one thing a day that gives you some sort of happiness or fulfillment, whether that's calling family or friends or playing a game with the people you live with or or even learning a new skill we see lots of people trying to i don't know i don't know do something new and i Mm. think it's going to be very difficult to get through this whole period just by you know upping your screen time or or reading more books than you're used to i think i think learning something new or doing something new might be a cool way if, if that's something that you'd be interested in um, yeah. And I think that the other aspect of, of mental health, which I've, I've seen a little bit recently from a couple of psychologists on, on Instagram, mainly because um, I've been socially distancing from everybody else. But um, <laughs> I, I think the acceptance and self-compassion piece is nice, too. So they're really nice skills to even try and develop in, in these scenarios. So I'm not saying just turn it on like a switch because that's not really how it works. But being able to say that, you know, for example, things are really uncertain right now but everyone's in this together and it's okay to feel stressed and anxious because it's a difficult time. And I think trying to answer the, the difficult questions like the when is this going to end type questions, they're not going to contribute much because we're not, well certainly I'm not the expert, maybe you're more of an expert, but no, even, the kind not. Of, <laughs> even, even kind of the kind of public health guidance, like they don't have the answers to these kind of questions. And I think trying to delve into them and trying to figure these things out can actually kind of, exacerbate maybe your anxiety and stress rather than just accepting that it's going to be difficult for a while and you know be compassionate towards yourself it's okay to feel stressed it's okay to feel anxious and um to i guess just follow the public health guidelines the best you can and, and do what you can
0: yeah i love that focusing on doing what you can i think that's Definitely one of the most powerful things we can do. And I, I love that idea of acceptance and self-compassion. I'm sure, as you said, and it really stood out to me there, like a lot of people have their days already structured for them um, when the world yeah. functions as it normally does. Um, yeah. And we mightn't even realise how much a loss of that affects us. Um, And even, I suppose, even feeling unproductive. And we're feeling like we're not getting some fulfilment out of our day because we're not doing what we normally do. Um, And accepting that we are where we are. Um, I think they're they're really fantastic tips. Thank you very much. Trying to apply them to my own life as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I was the same in that. Um, I I started working from home, I think, maybe 10 days ago or so, maybe two weeks. Um, And I found the first two days really hard. I felt really... Um, kind of just upended like the, the whole world had changed kind of overnight and I yeah. found myself being very unproductive and then I actually um, it was funny because I had to write a blog for our company Spectrum Mental Health I had to write yeah. a blog on tips of, of what to do and I was thinking of what, what would be helpful and I was writing down all these t- tips for myself or for the company but I, I, I hadn't applied them myself yeah. So yeah. after applying, after finally putting a structure to my day, I was like, well, this is actually, this feels a lot better. It feels a lot easier. So
0: definitely. And it's, I suppose I think it's that really matters as well, because a lot of people are going to be in such unfamiliar environments Like you obviously live in your home, but you're probably not used to working there, you know, or you're not even you makeshift desk, maybe, or some people might have kids running around their ankles when they're trying to answer yeah, their boss yeah, or yeah, be absolutely. in a meeting, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, say, no, so, always- so, I know my, my sister's been using like Zoom and Skype and things like that and for work, obviously, and even trying to do that in a busy house can be really challenging but having that bit of routine can at least as you say give us a bit of control back. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think another I suppose theme as, along with uncertainty um, that I've seen pop up quite a bit uh, increasingly in Ireland is the idea of loss. Now um, I suppose it's loss of personal freedom, but obviously for some loss of maybe a little bit of health if they're like literally affected by COVID-19 or their family are obviously loss of social interaction is huge and um, social lifetime with family. A lot of people can't go home at the moment. We talked about job security and income, and that's obviously a huge concern and so much more than that. Um, and it's, it's very difficult, I think, whether people have a history of struggling with their mental health in the past or not. And I was wondering if you'd have any advice for anyone who's feeling particularly, I suppose, overwhelmed at this time, not just thinking this is really hard, but I can manage it, but really feeling like they are really struggling to cope at the minute.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a, a good point, because I think the advice depends on the level of distress, like you mentioned. Mm. So if it is over like it's understandable that people feel stressed and anxious uh, because it's a distressing time. So it's only natural to kind of feel those things. The best uh, things you can do right now um, are try and stay as connected as possible. Talk to your friends and family online if necessary. Um, Mm. But also I think taking time away from, uh, I guess, downtime away from Um, COVID-19. So if you're going to be at home most of the time now and assuming you're not, uh, for, for example, an essential worker or a frontline healthcare worker, then it's probably um, a good idea not to kind of surround yourself with the COVID-19 content and the conversation the entire day. Um, I think if you're experiencing more significant worry where you feel like it's above and beyond what you might normally experience as stress or anxiety, then talking to, to a professional might be helpful. Now, I think psychologists and therapists are maybe forgotten in this because they're also yeah. frontline healthcare workers. Um, Absolutely. But But they, for example, they should generally be able to move their services online or even over the phone. Um, Now, I I, I feel like that uh, maybe doesn't apply to everybody, but I know that the company I work with, Spectrum, um, Mm. are conducting all of their consultations online or over the phone. So to try and make sure that we support people as best during this crisis as we can and that nobody is is missing out. But I'm sure that, you know, whatever service is local to you could be doing the same um, and to inquire about that. Um, But anyone is obviously free to get in touch with me if they're interested in online or phone counselling. Equally, there's the kind of public services that are like the Samaritans and and Pieda House that have phone lines that you can contact too. So if maybe you don't see that uh, a psychologist or a therapist is a frontline worker and you think that they might be closed, but there are kind of alternatives out there if you wish to speak to to a professional. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that if you are finding it overwhelming, I think that it's something that I've tried to do over the last while is that, trying to find this kind of comfort in the fact that you're doing what you can because if you're following the public health guidelines you're minimizing the risk as best as you can now it might not feel like you're doing anything because you're literally for example maybe sitting at home or you're calling somebody instead of instead of meeting them in person or whatever that might look like so it might feel like you're not doing anything but it's important to kind of have that self-compassion and give yourself a pat on the back because you're doing what you can and you can't control what happens outside of yourself. You can't control anything outside your immediate environment and your behaviour, but you can control your behaviour. And to give yourself some credit for what you're doing in the circumstances, because the circumstances are really hard. So give yourself mm. a pat on the back when you, when you do the right thing and, and you're putting these things in place for not just yourself, but for the people who are close to you. And you mentioned the distress, worrying about other people. Try, if you can, to find comfort in the fact that you're doing what you can for the health of others as well. So if it's someone you're concerned about in your family or or someone you live with, remember that sometimes by, for example, social distancing from them, that you're doing the right thing. You're minimising the risk as best as you can. And that's all you can do right now.
0: I think that's such a powerful line. You're doing what you can for the health of others. like it's very easy for people to maybe be a little bit casual about the terms like self-isolation or self-quarantine or restricting your movements is what it's also called but there's such an altruistic element to that I think that's something I really try to emphasize when I'm talking to people about it because it might seem really silly to think oh if I stay home for today and you know try something new or bake something or spend some time with my kids in the house or even watching Netflix you know that actually does have a measurable public health impact you are saving lives by staying at home and you're right. While it might seem such a small thing to do, it's probably the one time when we would tell everyone, "Yeah, maybe try a new series on Netflix and binge on it. If you yeah. stay home, <laughs> yeah. give it a go." Yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah. You know. it is um, funny because because I um, I'm sure lots of people identify with this, but I have an elderly family member that that like doesn't need yeah. particular looking after, but we do a lot for that person, yeah. and it's it's all of kind of my family members' instincts is to they need support this time, so we'll go over and visit. And it takes so much to try and instill the fact that while your instinct is to go over and comfort that person and do what you can, the best thing that you can do is actually maybe withdrawing and maybe putting in alternative measures like phone or or video or Skype if they're able to to facilitate such a thing. So it really is. It's very hard to see the value when it's so distant from you, I guess.
0: And I've seen a lot of people on social media doing like, let's say they d- they would drive by their, let's say it's a grandparent. They might have young kids. They drive by the grandparent's house and wave from the window. And that breaks my heart every time I see it. I, like yourself, I have an elderly mm-hmm. grandparent and she's obviously in Dublin. I'm in Galway. Um, and it's very hard. And lo- like you, lots of family members. I'm sure loads of people listening can resonate with this. We all have, I'm sure, people that we worry about during this time. Um, and that is really challenging. And remembering that by staying away, you are helping to save lives um, and making it a measurable impact. While really hard to see in the short yeah. term, it really is, and you know, we can say that as, as healthcare professionals, it really does have such, a, such an impact. Um, yeah. I love that though, comfort in the fact that what you're doing um, is helping and you're doing what you can. I think that's that's a yeah. really good uh, point to remember. Um, I guess then the, the next thing I wanted to touch on, really Joe, was you mentioned it a little bit there, but obviously, Social media and the news outlets are covering this situation 24-7. Um, like I opened up RTE this morning, which is the main news outlet that I look at. Um, they try not to take too much mainstream media in and just stick to the health authorities advice instead. But every headline was in relation to COVID-19, every single online news article. And it is really important, and I say this on my own Instagram, to stay up to date and informed. But it can be unhelpful if we're constantly refreshing, looking for updates and maybe just seeing the bad news. Um, what do you think would be the best way to stay up to date, but with some sort of balance to that?
1: So, I've done my best on my own Instagram to stay away from the mm-hmm. COVID nineteen situation because I feel like maybe I'm I'd only be adding to the noise, maybe, and I feel like there's a lot of noise, um, and I feel like it should be left to people like yourself who are in public health and and you know the doctors and, and the mm. people who know really what they're talking about. But mm. the only part that I had to add on on the kind of COVID-19 situation was around the news stuff. So I actually did an Instagram TV video the other day. um, Just about the research in kind of similar areas. And I think it's so surprising and and people maybe don't realize it or they're not conscious of the effects that the media is having on them. So what the research has found that is that in in situations like natural disasters or, for example, terrorist attacks, I think two of the research papers that I looked at were about 9-11 and the Boston bombings. Any kind of major traumatic event is that exposure to media can mediate the relationship between the experience of the event and mental health outcomes. And what that kind of means in kind of simpler terms, I guess, is that when something traumatic happens, and I think this can be considered quite distressing and anxiety provoking, even though it's different, I think it still might fall into this category. Mm. It also means it means that the more we surround ourselves with that media related to that event, the more significant an impact it can have on our mental health. So obviously something like a a pandemic, it's important to stay informed, whereas maybe it's not as important to stay informed after one single event, Um, I'm not sure again, it's not directly comparable, but Mm -hmm. um, I think it is still obviously important to stay informed of, of the latest updates and the latest advice from public health. So my advice around this would be to make sure that you have a deliberate reason for checking the media so that it's not just like passive consumption of all of this overwhelming information all the time. So what I've done myself is that for me personally, I'd say I probably check it honestly once a day. Um, It's probably not enough for some people, but my reasoning is that the advice, although it's changing day to day, it's not changing minute by minute. It's not changing hour by hour. So it's changing day to day so for me checking it once a day is enough realistically the advice or the actions for like someone like me for example don't change that much it's like stay inside isolate yourself wash your hands mm. and and after that those things haven't changed despite the updates on case cases or kind of death rates or other countries so yeah. the advice has always been relatively the same now obviously more stringent measures have come in recently and that's why it is important to stay updated um, mm. But I think it's easy to get caught up in kind of the latest numbers and the latest developments and the percentages and the death rates. Mm. But really, it doesn't change that the fact that for the reality for most people is that the recommendation, the recommendations for for you aren't going to change. Um, yeah. So I guess the advice overall after that kind of rant, the advice I would give to people is to kind of pick a source. Like you said, RTE is your kind of main source, Um, but pick a source that you trust, like CDC, HSE or whoever it is that. you think might be the best for you world health organization whoever that is um, and then update yourself two three times a day on the latest advice of what you need to do so i think that's really important is that taking it from the trusted source because you'll find people on instagram you'll find people on twitter and facebook talking about different aspects of of all of this case right all of this kind of all of these events and that is when it gets overwhelming like um you updating yourself on the latest death rate percentages in Italy and the increase mm-hmm. in, in kind of volume in Italy and Spain, different places. Whereas you can only, like I kind of mentioned earlier, you can only control what's within your kind of environment. And that is okay. what's happening in Ireland, what's happening in your kind of locality. So I would say update yourself two times a day, three times a day, Like it's, it's unless you have a specific reason to update yourself more, um, yeah. because it's not it's not that important to keep up with absolutely everything. And then the other thing I'd recommend is to hold your boundaries, especially at home. So if you're at home, like I kind of mentioned earlier, try and have that non-coronavirus chat or at least maybe have like a cutoff time or or set aside time where you can play games or do something else. Give yourself that fulfillment and move Mm -hmm. away from the constant conversation, the constant bombardment of COVID-19 content, because like I said, surrounding yourself with that all the time firstly it's draining it's likely going to increase those anxiety stress levels um, and mental health outcomes in kind of longer term
0: i think they're great tips um i should say for people in ireland uh the hse website the department of health website they are your two go-tos um I reference RTE mostly just from a media point of view. If you're looking at any news outlets, I have just personally found that they tend to report directly from the Department of Health. But for our health authority, uh, stick to the HSE and the Department of Health. Do daily updates as well. Um, so, guys, two take homes there: pick a source, hold your boundaries, or three take homes probably pick a source once a day if you can, or even twice a day, but not excessively and on the hour. Because you're so right, Joe. It's day to day. It's not minute to minute, and Bombardment doesn't help us pick a source, choose times to do it and hold your boundaries. I think that's brilliant. And my last question for you is we've seen lots of people um, using social media and technology to stay connected during this time, while we are obviously um, very much Lacking in-person connection. Um, Like I'm sure everyone's screen time reports have skyrocketed in the last two weeks. I'm deliberately not looking at mine anyway. (laughs) Um, And that's whether we're using things for video calls or Instagram Live. Um, I've seen people do yoga classes, uh, workouts or cooking, things like that, like book clubs online, online Zoom calls, um, and so much more. Um, And things like the Coronavirus Good News page, which is actually really lovely and definitely worth following if you're in Ireland. Do you think that's a helpful way for us to stay connected or is there boundaries that we should maintain there as well
1: um i actually think it's it's fantastic what i've seen recently online and i've done my best to stay away from online i think <laughs> i think maybe my screen time is approximately similar i don't know if that's uh yeah. that i've done well since coronavirus kicked in or i was doing badly before but um i think it's honestly incredible to see mm-hmm. the amount of effort that people have put in now i've said a hundred times over on my page that online relationships and online socializing doesn't replicate real world relationships and I think everyone kind of knows that but yeah. the situation that we're in right now is different and it's about managing um how we are right now so when we're not able to do that it's the next best thing so being yeah. able to speak to people and enjoy their insights and opinions and having someone to talk to if you are struggling and um, is still obviously really important and if we can't get that in person right now then absolutely do it online like it, it is honestly so lovely to see People like consciously putting an effort to do uh, or to, to create kind of online communities. Like you said, the kind mm. of uh, the group workouts, there's like book clubs, there's the whole lot like, and I yeah. think that's really lovely to see that again, it's the idea that we're all in it together. People are like pulling together to try and do their absolute best to create the online community, create the social interaction, even though it's not there for a lot of people. So I've seen a, a massive update in our massive um, change in people doing lives, Instagram lives, Yeah. Oh my God. Every day. Instagram (laughs) lives. Yeah, all the time, Um, and lots of like things like group workouts. So I think the many opportunities for people to there are sorry there are many opportunities for people to stay connected or as connected as they can, Um, and like I said, it's important to manage yourself in 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 the midst of this. Like it's about managing what's happening right now, and I think. This or the kind of online social space is the next best thing that we can hope for. And um, I've seen people be so so creative. I know people use that house party app. I've seen like um I haven't heard of this quizzes. app. Oh my god. Have you not? No. No uh, house party app. Lot, oh my god. I, apparently, I don't know, you play games online in groups. It's like uh yeah. Oh, amazing. It's uh yeah, it's like having a house party. <laughs> that um, sounds so much fun. But but there are people like doing lots of creative things like that where people are struggling um, obviously to make social connection and people are putting in a real effort to actually kind of um, change that. And I think that's, that's really, really cool. And the idea that we're all in it together is is nice and comforting.
0: Yeah. And I think um, I absolutely agree. I really think that, social media and other apps and things like that they really do reinforce that feeling of us all being in it together and it really is like I mean I'm sounding like such very very sappy but like heartwarming is the only word for the amount of of kind of um positive content people are bringing and also that kind of content it's all in the um for the most part it's encouraging people to stay at home like my friend Niamh's been streaming Instagram live yoga workouts because we can't do it in person so you're encouraging people and giving them incentives to stay home and I think that's really important as well it creates a social norm around uh following the public health advice too and people might not realize yeah. how much of an impact that has but it is actually it's huge um like Absolutely. we did um,
1: and i think uh oh, yeah. start going
0: no no you go for it
1: i was just gonna say that um hopefully at the end of all this we realize how important the social connection actually is
0: 100 percent. i'd say people have never taken going for a walk for granted as much like or sorry not taking oh, it for it's, granted they
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: someone i spoke to yesterday basically said i really hope that when all this has passed us the worst of it has passed us that um everyone keeps up the amount of walking <laughs> everyone's been getting out yeah, doing yeah
1: yeah never yeah. gonna take it's it like, for granted like, as much yes half the half the population don't go for walks but then they're told that they're not allowed to go for walks so they're like Ooh, and they get answered, yeah. and then they go, "Do you go out for walks?" Yeah, it's amazing. And everyone's
0: there googling, "What's in with two-kilometer radius? How much can I walk?" I say, yeah. "No one's ever googled <laughs> that in their life
1: before." <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah
0: it's great i mean there's loads of ways to do like my, my sister organized a zoom family quiz last night and it was so much fun like to be fair to her she got up like 54 questions and we're all in different counties in ireland and we all came together with the video and everything i came last which is obviously speaks to my level of knowledge <laughs> outside of COVID 19 but um there is lots of lots of ideas and i'd really encourage people to expand what you know what they think they can do even without having in-person connection um, and joe thank you so much this has been just such a helpful episode and i know it's gonna to bring um a lot of positivity and good ideas to a lot of people would you have one tip uh, to finish for us to mind our mental health during this time
1: um i think stay connected like you've mentioned and i i know i'm going over one tip here but the reason I went on to my Instagram to actually talk about COVID-19 is around the boundaries with media and the coronavirus chat I think once you have some space outside of that kind of bubble that we're kind of all living in at the moment you can start making time for some normality in your days and then you get to kind of do things that will give you more fulfillment and more meaning if you're not maybe as wrapped up in the COVID-19 story as, as we all are at the moment so my one tip is to have boundaries with the social media and just the media in general um, around the coronavirus stuff and once you have those boundaries in place it might give you some more space to kind of explore the other aspects of, of this odd world that we're living in at the moment.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. I think this has been just been such a helpful episode. So I'm I'm writing down the tips here beside me to apply (laughs) to my own life. I think boundaries are very hard at the moment and they are absolutely key. Um, Joe, thank you so much. Could you let people know where to find you um, or whether there's any content you've got coming up that you want to flag or just where to um, give you a check, give you a, a follow on Instagram?
1: Yeah, if you if you have any questions, I'm mainly available on Instagram. Um, I work for a company called Spectrum Mental Health. Um, you can also email me if you have any inquiries about like professional services. Um, that's Joe at mentalhealth.ie. But Instagram is probably the best place to message me. Um, I also run the Headfirst podcast, and my Instagram handle is First Zero.
0: Thanks so much for coming on, Joe, and I hope you look after yourself during this time as well.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Kira
0: no worries see you now thanks for listening guys and if you did enjoy this episode please do let myself and joe know you can tag us in your stories on instagram if you are giving it a listen and um, or just send us a message let us know if you're applying any of these tips that we've shared today in your uh, to your own life uh, mind yourselves guys stay safe stay home and i'll see you for the next episode bye